0: Welcome to Life on Doherty. This is what I call a bonus episode. And I call it a bonus episode because I'm not going to go on a deep tangent of life and emotions. Because sometimes that gets a bit much. This one is just a little story. I was thinking to myself and I remembered, which I thought was kind of cool. And I want to have it on. I want to be able to listen back one day. As I do with most of my podcasts. Anyway. This is a flashback to, uh, <laughs> to a road trip to Kalgoorlie with two of my two of my close friends at the time. And, uh, and it was so random. We're talking probably about 2000 and... I probably have the years wrong off the top of my head. Maybe 2009, 2010. And... Uh, this was special because I'd been to other places. I'd been to Down South, I'd been to Margaret River, I'd been to Augusta, Busselton, maybe even Dunsborough. But I'd never been the other side, you know, down to the gold fields, so to speak. So I said, you know, the next trip I do with my friends, you know, as a, as a, you know, as friends or as a boys trip, let's go to Kalgoorlie. Just because I wanted to see a bit of the outback. And i know it's not the outback in terms of crossing the Nullarbor, but it was the outback for western australia and then we 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 did it and it was pretty cool Anyway, to the trip itself <laughs> i think from the very beginning uh, it involved one of my close friends who was my neighbor at the time because i lived in leaderville and lived in the apartment next door i was kenyan he was Ethiopian. and the funny thing is i think the camaraderie was kind of cool because we met because we caught the same bus into the city almost every other morning. And that African brotherhood at that time, we're talking, you know, over, well, almost 14 years ago now. You know, Africans are not that many. So you see another African, you say hi, and you nod, and the usual, the usual polite, polite, polite uh, manners. But after all, one day we talked and said hi and got to know each other. And I kid you not, we got to become good friends within the next couple of months. And three months from us getting to know each other, I asked him and another closer friend who I knew from before anyway to do the road trip. Because a road trip is, you know, it's good as two guys, but three is a perfect number. So I asked my closer friend. We don't talk as much anymore, but still, you know, we're close at the time. And he was keen. And then I needed a third person. And I was like, why not my neighbor? So were these three people thrown together heading off to Kalgoorlie. And even from the get-go, we used a, a service called Wicked Campers. I don't know whether anybody knows it, but it's like a it's like a very popular backpacker <laughs> hire van type of service, with really cool graffiti vans, you know, minivans. Very basic and small, but definitely built for back, backpacking. And I i never really backpacked before, to be honest. But you know, at least the van suited our budget, suited what we needed, and we headed off in this cool, graffitied van of three Africans. Yeah, off to Kalgoorlie in what we're calling, what, 2008, 2009? But yeah, good times. And I love the trip because of its... I love... I, I think I, I love... I think I think back fondly on that trip because of its simplicity. You know, just pack your bags and a few... The only groceries we had, we hadn't even planned a hotel stays. We were actually gonna try and do it proper campervan style, because the campervans come with a way you, with beds that you can sleep inside the campervan, very small and cramped, but you can, and they a little kitchenette at the back as well. So the only groceries we did was literally stopping at a Woolies to get what I thought were what <laughs> what we need for sustenance, some you know some bags of chips baked beans you know just off the top of my head some eggs because the inner like I said the camper the van had a kitchenette water and yeah and of course a carton of Heineken for the road trip and off we went it was a lovely trip we drove down I can't remember the exact distance but it was at least almost 750 close to 800 kilometers to get to Kalgoorlie. Stopping at, I believe, and I could be wrong, I'm just going off the top of my head on a few drinks. Um, Could have been Geraldton, or there is, there is a halfway stop before Kalgoorlie. But yeah, it was a lovely trip. I, I love the outback and the freedom of just an open road and nothing but tarmac and red sand on either side. So for me, that was at least, for someone who just finished uni, Pretty cool road trip. Anyway, so we get to Kalgoorlie. And we forget it's summer, so it's stinking hot. And we, you know, settle down in the main area for the first night. Do a quick lap around, take a few photos. Even had a photo with, uh, I can't remember his name, but there's a statue dedicated to the first person who was a gold miner in Kalgoorlie. Had a photo with him. Um and yeah went to the local tavern local tavern was interesting because at this time I'd not really the whole idea of skimpies had not hit me because I hadn't been to a skimpy bar yet so what better than to have your first experience in the <laughs> in freaking Kalgooi and yeah so we went to, and yeah skimpy bar you know, half naked women walking around serving drinks that was an experience in itself to be honest but but as much as you know being young young men off university loving the experience what i loved was the smarts behind it a lot of the girls were from at that time was a massive industry so a lot of the girls were from you know talking to them a a bit more or from melbourne or sydney and doing you know the whole story university and paying off their Trying to pay off their uni fees, whether that's true or not. But yeah, trying to pay off the university with the money they made from skimping. And they made a lot of money. It was pretty much fly and fly out. You got mining fly and fly out. But it was actually skimpy fly and fly out. Which was an interesting perspective for me. Anyway, drinks. And then we head back to the van. And <laughs> forget we are three people in like this really small minivan. And sure enough, we learned... The summer is not as kind to people as you think. We're all trying to sleep and, you know, it's 38, 39. I mean, we're in Kalgoorlie. Sometimes 41 degrees. And even at night, you're looking at 35 degrees with humidity. And, yeah, the bunker beds within a small camper van for three grown men were just not happening. And one of my friends said, stuff this. I'm going <laughs> to check into the local motel. So he left. He was my Ethiopian neighbor. He left. And we said, you know, <laughs> me and my other friend, Kenyan guy, we're like, we're going to stick this out. So he left and checked into the motel. Me and my, my other friend, we, we, we I mean, we stuck it out, but we suffered. We sweated and twirled and spun in our, in our little bunker beds. And the next morning, <laughs> we woke up, tried to make some sort of breakfast with baked beans and, you know, I think we ended up going to like a Kalgoorlie is pretty developed, uh, even at that time, for, for a regional town. I think we went to, like, maybe a marker's and had a hash brown breakfast and a coffee. And we catch up with our Ethiopian buddy, and he was all fresh because he actually checked into the motel within Kalgoorlie and had a good sleep. So, long story short, the next night we all checked into that motel. And I think that was a good part of the adventure because I got to meet a lot of Kalgoorlie locals in that backpacker hostel. Onkola Motel was more of a hostel. And learning even backpackers and what they do. We met, you know, there's one girl from Ireland who was traveling, but she was earning her money by being a cleaner and housekeeper at the at the hostel. And she'd been there for like a month and a half. Saving up to then move on to, I think, Northern Territory, and then from there I keep going around Australia till she gets to Queensland. So the, the stories you hear from people were just pretty pretty cool but one amazing one was this old guy probably like 60 maybe even 65 and he was your old school old school (laughs) um gold miner and he his thing was he'd get up every day and take his little scanning kit you know the portable handheld gold scanning kits and go to areas he believes gold was prevalent and then do the whole beep 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 until he felt a signal and then he decided whether or not it's worth digging and he'd been doing that for almost six months and that was for me you know special out of uni just trying to find your place in the world and come to someone who's lived a long life and decide this is what he's, he's actually a real he's an old school og gold miner going with his kit and he showed us his kit and at that time, it was worth probably $1,500, 2000 And in my mind, I'm like, that's worth a cheap car. For a student, that's worth a cheap car. on purely." A, but I understand in hindsight. So that kind of... Meeting people like that. But more interesting was that he wasn't always a gold miner. He had a high, flashy executive job in Melbourne in his 30s. Married, kids, then divorced. Um, and then... After a while, he just needed to get away from, from all that and decide to come, you know, to travel and then eventually ended up in WA. Goes back to Melbourne to see the kids, but he likes us being away from, from all the... from the city life he left behind in the eastern states. So he had, he had a massive story behind him. And I think those are experiences you don't, you don't forget. This is, we're talking maybe 12, 13 years ago, but I remember these stories almost as if they were last week and yeah, he was a proper gold miner and I think the last time he found a gold nugget or two was like probably two two weeks before we arrived. So it was kind of cool hearing his perspective versus the Irish backpacker who's here to make a mint, see Australia, but clean hostels where she, where she moves along. But yeah, that was a very interesting trip. One last part was probably, you know, Kalgoorlie is famous for mining. So the next day we went and saw the super pit which for people who care about mining and geography and geological info is one of is one of the top 10 largest mining pits in the world so large that you can actually see the crater or the dent in the earth's globe from space because that's how big the hole of the super pit is so for me it was never really part much into mining it was really cool to see well obviously the massive hole that humans can blow up when they put their minds to it. But also to see the monster trucks that look like little little toy trucks when seen from up above. It was it was ridiculous. But you know, but when you when they're on the surface with you, we're talking monster mining trucks, massive. But look so small in comparison to the scale of that mine. And I now realize what how big mining on, underground mining especially, was. That was during the day. At night time, one of the attractions of an outback city like Kalgoorlie is, is, you know, suffice to say, is their their brothel. But not their brothel in so much of terms of a hookup. The brothel is actually a tourist hotspot. And you go and they've got they, have, they actually try and keep the history of how Kalgoorlie was and people would holler and tease women along the street and they'd open their window. And if they open their window and say hi, they're keen. If they close their window, it means no, no can do, no no service here. So, And we went to one one brothel. We actually had a $20 package for tourists just to see what the brothel is about, not even about services. And they have a Disney room and they got a mining room and they've got you know different types of themes and a proper madame who'd been there since then since the late 70s and even gave us stories about relationships that had broken down in Kalgoorlie because of the brothel and husbands who'd driven their cars into the brothel out of rage and oh wow the story goes on anyway that was an interesting not your typical tourist tour and um yeah and then we headed back we stayed i think another night or two tried to see what else was good in kalgoole but i think we covered most of it by that time and then hit the road back now hitting the road back was another adventure in itself keep in mind it's a really old minibus van that's broken down and i mean not broken up but really old you know it's not your state of that vehicle for sure so we've been driving this thing at almost full speed and i say full speed being 110 kilometers per hour and when you're driving 750 kilometers you know you you, you're hitting the gas just to try and make time and um heading back halfway through the trip all we had was this big bang and pretty much i think the accelerator cable or the One of the engine running cables had pretty much given up, and it cut. So we ended up having to stay at a halfway motel, halfway between Kalgoorlie and Perth, in the middle of nowhere. And, yeah, that was interesting. First of all, even before we got to that, just to show you how remote it was, one of the petrol stations we stopped at was so... Remote that it all it had was this is your last chance for petrol and food for a long 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 time that was the banner so when we stopped there this is before the breakdown probably like ten minutes before the breakdown or twenty minutes just to gas up but it was those kind of petrol stations that give you if you ever watch these outback road trip horror movies like like you know like chainsaw and you know Texas yeah Texas chainsaw massacre is the kind of memories i was (laughs) i was seeing because you walk in and it's a really old it's not a petrol station where you put your gas and then go pay it's you go in get the keys and they unlock a padlock and then you put gas then when you put gas you go back in out to sort it at the till the till was just this guy the son who was like you know early 30s and he lived at this petrol house cabin with just him and his mother but on either side we're talking about almost almost 100 kilometers either side there is no neighbor and that is just freaking itself and anyway, as soon as we walked in he had all these questions hey where are you from go so good to see you uh you know it's been so long it's been a while since we got any you know, in, any interesting visitors probably apart from the truckies he sees every other day and uh, but a part of you just gets a bit scared already you're in the middle of nowhere and, you know and these two people live here by themselves. With no neighbor inside for at least 50 or 60 kilometers either side of there and i just want to put gas and go but he kept saying yeah it's so good to see you You guys you know you should wanna drink you wanna stay around for a while i'm like no no we're good we can go it's like "Ah, you should come see my mother you know she she'd love to meet you and his mother was this lady just a bit down the corridor sitting watching her tv with all gray hair flowing down from either side and all through this conversation, she was within earshot, but she never turned around. She just kept rocking her chair. And I'm like, no, this is this is a horror movie about to happen. <laughs> Especially with three Africans <laughs> in the middle of Outback. And I said, I'll just pay for the gas and thank you so much. And yeah, I paid for it and ran back to the van and hit, hit high speed towards Perth. Probably why we broke down. Anyway, so we got about 100 kilometers down. Something snapped, we broke down in the middle of nowhere, and with no hardly any reception. Luckily, one of my friends, Ethiopian guy, yeah, my neighbor, he had Telstra, which even then had only one bar. And and keep in mind, Telstra is the strongest network in Australia. Only one bar, but his phone was dying on 10%. And we'd call REC, which is like the roadside, you know, emergency provider. But the number they gave us on the booklet for our minivan end up being R C queensland so we'd call them waste a good five minutes and a lot of our battery power try and explain and they're like no that road doesn't exist here and this after back and forth with really bad reception and hanging up you need to call R C W A, which was so simple things like that can mess you up and leave you anyway with three minutes of battery left to spare we call R C perth and they actually got someone to come out and well, we got through to them and they got someone to come around and meet us who ended up being a local truck driver anyway fast forward stayed at a motel the van was done for wasn't pretty much had to be towed back to perth there's nothing we were gonna do and uh, and yeah so we just left it there at a, at a local garage and the next day i had to catch a country train which was another experience again i've never been on a country train so it's funny how these adventures come to be and the next day we arrived back in perth so yeah, it was quite the quite the outback trip to Kalgoorlie. But um anyway. Thanks for listening. Talk soon.